Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Inner City Spirit. I'm your host, the Reverend Hannah Elizabeth Atkins Romero, Rector of Trinity Episcopal Church in Midtown Houston. We are on the 11th station of the Via Luces, the way of the light or the way of the resurrection, in which we encounter through scripture the resurrected Jesus after his crucifixion and before his ascension. And we're contemplating these with different people in getting different perspectives in the time of the pandemic, the coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. It is right now, it's the very end of July, and our churches have been shut down since March 13th here in Texas, and schools were shut down on that day as well, public schools. So we're trying to understand resurrection in the light of pandemic, both COVID-19 and the pandemic of racism. As I said, we're working on the 11th station, and that is the risen Lord sends the disciples into the world. And the reading is from Matthew 28, just two verses, 19 through 20. And it reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. My guest today is my father, the Reverend Henry L. Atkins, Jr. And the music is provided from uh, Colin Boothby, the organist choir master of Trinity in Houston. So it's in family today. It's so great to be interviewing my wonderful, bright, committed dad. <laughs> the Reverend Canon Dr. Henry Lee Atkins Jr. Thank you for agreeing to be interviewed. You're welcome. Let's start with the station. It's the 11th station of the resurrection and how you see it resonates or applies to what we're living through today. When I was in seminary, I remember uh, reading what was at the time considered a very important book, and perhaps still is, a book written by John A.T. Robinson, the Bishop of Woolwich, entitled Being the Church in the World. The, uh, the 11th station refers to uh, a passage uh, which was later added to Mark's Gospel about Jesus sending the disciples into the world mission. Uh, one of the things I remember strongly about Bishop Robinson's book was the importance he placed on the Christian mission being outside the boundaries of the church building itself. Is that whenever you leave the church, you are going into the world 
in which you are to engage in mission. And so the task of the church is to proclaim the values of the reign of God in history. And so you would work for a more just society. For example, you would work for those who were oppressed to be set free. You would work for the poor that they might live. And I think that that is very crucial. One of the ways in which my own mind has changed in recent years is in thinking about the world. I believe that for a long time, the Christian church has played a not so healthy or liberating role in relation to the world itself, particularly if we think of the earth and we think of the cosmos. As a matter of fact, I think it can be argued that the church had a very negative view of the world and of matter itself. And that in many ways, the first 12 centuries of Christian spirituality, you, you simply develop different forms of spirituality which allow you to more or less do something like climb a ladder that is moving you higher and higher and higher away from the earth toward a different existence, which we call heaven. And in many ways, contemporary, particularly evangelical Christianity, but not just evangelical Christianity, has talked about the importance of preparing the soul to go to heaven. And when people speak of salvation, very often what they are talking about is, I want to be prepared so that when I die, I can go to the other world. And the better world is the other world. This world is passing away, and this world is not of such great value. Now, that has not been the only strain in Christianity. There are others, for example, the 12th century, St. Francis and, and his disciple, St. Bonaventure, had a very different view. Our texts, our liturgical texts, have a different view. We, we speak and we sing, for example, in our canticles of the hills and the mountains and the rains and the snow praising God. And we seem to believe in our liturgical canticles canticles, something like what Carl Jung said when he said, one of the great eras of modern humanity is forgetting that the earth has a soul. I believe that when we speak of being the church in the world, are going into the world today, we need to realize that we are the world that the earth is what we are made of, that we are brothers and sisters to the animals, the plants, and more importantly, to all other people. We are living in a time in which we have believed 
for ages, at least since the time of Francis Bacon, maybe before, that we could conquer nature. Now, in large part, that was built on a teaching from the Bible, from, from Genesis, that perhaps a misreading, but that the human person was to go forth and have dominance. Now, that dominance has led to uh, uh, moving away from an ecological vision of the world to an industrial development vision of the world. And the de industrial and de development vision of the world, not seeing the world or the earth as our mother, but seeing the earth only as something to be used has led to extreme exploitation. Almost all of the evil in our world today can in one way or another be related to that vision of we can do whatever we want to do to the earth and those parts of humanity that we consider inferior to us. So you can go from Europe to what we call today Spanish or Latin America, you can enslave people, you can say that they are not human, you can send them into mines to dig gold and have them die when they're 16 and 17 years old by the thousands, you can destroy their culture, you can take the gold and you can call that the development of civilization. You can take black people from Africa, you can bring them to this country, and you can enslave them and have them work in your agricultural fields, and you can build your economy, and you can talk about that as being advanced civilization. In the whole process, in the whole process, you are exploiting not just the human beings, but the earth. And the earth is not viewed as your mother any longer. The earth is viewed as that which can be used and exploited. I also happen to believe that the way you view Mother Earth is also related to the way that you view the female. In other words, if you can do whatever you want to to the Earth, if the Earth is just there for, to take from it whatever you want, then if you do that to the female person, no big deal. So if you rape the Earth and rape the woman, what is the difference? I think that what we need to realize today is the pandemic that we are in is a call to us that unless we transform the way we think about the church in the world, being church in the world, we as a human species may perish. I saw yesterday a report from a committee of the UN, the Food Committee, that says that in the next several years, 270 million people will die of starvation. Most of those will be children as a result of the economic consequences of the pandemic and the absence of food. 
You cannot keep cutting the Amazon. You cannot keep cutting the forest. You cannot keep destroying nature, driving, for example, bats into the city, and assuming that you will not have certain diseases. I read a biological report recently that said bats may have as many or more than 2,000 coronaviruses. Now, we are, in the name of development, subjecting ourselves to this reality. We need a transformation. We need to, as a community, stress more creation and the value of creation. We need to begin to think about sustainable and not development. We need to realize that when we speak of economics, we are no longer speaking so much of growth, but what can sustain the human community. The pandemic may offer us a chance to look at that reality in a new way. Very well said. I just want to go back to the scripture for a moment and um, refer back to what you said about going out into the world and being part of the world and how that, that scripture associated with the 11th station of the light will lead those of us of faith to look at or encounter or see signs of resurrection or signs of Christ's light in the world we live in now. St. Thomas Aquinas, um, who is the preeminent theologian in the largest uh, Christian body in the world, the Roman Catholic Church, said there were two scriptures. He said there was nature and there was the Bible. And that the Christian could come to understand God by reading nature or reading the Bible. We do not believe that very much. We believe there is only one. And we have seen nature very often as that which exists only to be conquered. And we still use that kind of language. We still speaking the last frontier. We have now conquer space, as if you can somehow, as a human being, conquer all outer space. And what in the world does that mean? So in, in this effort to conquer nature, Mother Nature has not remained silent. You know, there are very many beautiful things in nature. We can speak of beautiful sunsets. We can speak of beautiful animals. We can speak of beautiful oceans. Many, many beautiful things that we can speak of, beautiful weather. But nature can also be very cruel. Right? There can be awful hurricanes. There can be earthquakes. There can be fires, okay? Many, many things. Nature will not go down silently. When the human person believes that they are not part of nature, when the human person believes that they are the only species that matters, that are important, and that they will just do whatever they want to do to everything else, at some point, Mother Nature resists. It's like Mother Nature starts a Me Too movement, okay? and, and nature fights back. I believe that in part what we're seeing in this coronavirus is nat Mother Nature fighting back. 
Mother Nature saying, enough, 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 enough. What scares me the most, more than the pandemic, which has been awful in terms of the number of people who have died and who will continue to suffer, is that we may not learn anything. We may not learn anything. We still speak today of how soon can we return to normal? What do you mean, how soon can we, deter we return to fracking? How soon can we return to cutting in the Amazon? How soon can we return to polluting the air and the water? Which, by the way, cleaned up a little bit when right. we all had to be inside. We may not learn anything, but there is a chance that right now we may say, look, look at our world. Look at what we're doing. Look at what we're doing. The, it, the virus that starts, whether it starts in Europe or whether it starts in China or wherever, if someone is sick in China, that's my concern because that virus can spread. If someone is sick in Peru, that is my concern because that virus can spread. If someone is sick in the fifth ward in Houston, that is my concern, and my concern should lead me to making sure that those people have insurance mm -hmm. and health care yep. because we all need to have that health care be taken care of because we are all one human community that depend upon our Mother Earth for existence. You know, we so often forget very simple things. For example, we all breathe the same air. I mean, I breathe the air, I take it in, the oxygen becomes a part of my body, but I breathe it out and it becomes what you breathe, okay? The same thing is true with water. We recycle it, we drink it. We're not making new air. We're not making new water, okay? We are dependent. We are dependent upon that reality. We forget that. Maybe we can learn that. And if we begin to learn that, then maybe we will begin to realize, as I said earlier, that from henceforth, we can no longer think in so much in terms of economic growth. Now, there are some caveats to that. You know, very poor countries may have to, for a while, think in terms of economic growth because they have so little. But the so-called development countries, it's over. It's over. We should not take another drop of oil from the earth. We should not frack anything. Okay? You see in the possibility of learning and taking more seriously the dire situation in which we're in. You see hope there. I see that we have a chance mm -hmm. to learn to move from what I've called this development mm -hmm. industrial model to a sustainable model. Mm -hmm. What can sustain us? What does the earth need to heal? Okay? What do we need to do to live as human beings on the earth? And the answer to that question is not to have more SUVs. Okay? <laughs> the answer to that question is not to have more 4,000 square feet houses, 40,000 square feet houses. Okay? That's not the answer. The answer is not to continue to put so much money into the defense budget. You know, any country that does that, it's a very adolescent country, 
because adolescents think about, I want to have the biggest guns, I want to have blow up so many people, I get so angry, I just want to make sure. You know, when you can kill your enemy 20 times, how, how, how many how more, more times, times do you, you need, need to, to kill, kill them? them? <laughs> we, we, think, we think like 13-year-old angry little boys, okay? Um. And we call that natural security. Mm -hmm. Let's give that up. So where have you where have you seen serious work on these issues well, I, in I, the faith community? I think that part of what we're seeing in, the, for example, in the Black Lives Movement today, mm -hmm. is that a part of the reality of our culture is being exposed during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. I think that what we are seeing in terms of the economic reality, when you see that so many people in this country, 60% could not cover a thousand dollar debt at this point, mm -hmm. you wonder, is that is that really the greatest economy in the world? Mm -hmm. When you have questions about whether you can afford a post office, is that the greatest economy in the world? When uh, one of our political parties, the Republican Party, says they don't want to keep giving people $600 a week unemployment insurance because that's more than they make in their jobs, well, that says something about the jobs. <laughs> the economy. <laughs> says something about the jobs yeah. and the economy. So the fact that these things are being exposed is a hopeful sign. I also, and this is not my own idea, I read it from uh, actually a... Uh, a Baptist pastor in Greensboro, North Carolina, who said that it was a good thing the churches were closed during this pandemic because, he said, if the churches had been open when many of these movements, particularly the Black Lives Movement, started, they would have formed another study group to study the Black Lives Movement. <laughs> they would have had a prayer vigil inside the church. Wednesday nights, we're going to come and pray for the Black Lives Movement. In fact, the church was closed they had to go out and march in the streets. <laughs> With Black Lives Matter. <laughs> With Black yeah. Lives so we do see some hope. And it's interesting is that many things that before the pandemic were considered on the far left, whatever that means, mm -hmm. now don't seem so far left. In other words, universal health care now seems like a very reasonable idea, particularly at the time of a pandemic. Yeah. Okay? It does not seem like such a crazy left-wing yeah. idea. Yeah. And if you really cared about your brothers and sisters, you would want them to have that. Okay. What kind of society does not want people to have health care? What kind of society knows that people cannot live a decent life with a certain income and then insist that they are very fortunate to have that income and live in a country where even though they can't have so much, they can at least have a color television and how many people in the world have that. So, and what are your sort of last thoughts in terms of looking at the scripture and looking at, you know, the theology of the cross and resurrection and the kingdom of God in terms of where what what Christians are supposed to do now? Well, I think that part of what we need to do is to realize that we have been engaged in a process in many ways 
that has been antithetical to the gospel. Right. Just as the church was uh, in this country a partner to slavery, we need to acknowledge that. We need to acknowledge that we have been partnered to a development process in which we have benefited and say, no, we now, we now are, are more concerned literally about the salvation of the world, the salvation of the world. We realize that we're all in this together and we must learn to do that. We need to learn to listen to each other and we may learn to do that. We may, we may realize that other traditions the Navajo tradition, for example, may understand more about creation than we do. Okay. We need to realize that there are other religious traditions we need to listen to, and that we live in one world, and that we need to take that far more seriously. We need to understand, in other words, that God so loved the world. Okay. God so loved the world. You... um said a quote the other day from a, was it a Methodist or that uh, Miguel de la Torre? Miguel de la Torre, yeah. What was that about? Miguel de la Torre said that we know that, that the white church as it exists today no longer needs to exist. That the form of Christianity that we have today no longer needs to exist. The only kind of Christianity we need, according to Miguel de la Torre, Miguel de la Torre, I'll make sure I get his name right, I did the other day, Miguel de la Torre said, the only form of Christianity we need is a badass Christianity. <laughs> so that's, we got to go towards, away from a complicit Christianity towards one that is brave and making all things new. Thank you. You're welcome. to thank you for joining us and especially another thank you to the Reverend Canon Dr. Henry L. Atkins Jr. Uh, as our interviewee and for the beautiful music of the very talented Colin Boothby who is both the organist choir master at Trinity and the producer of this podcast. It's been a blessing if you'd like to hear uh, or find out more about Trinity, please go to our website at trinitymidtown.org and check us out. God's peace. <laughs>